Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, yes sir. sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. <laughs> That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made. You're listening to the Oz Movies Podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome to the Oz Network for a brand new movie review of the latest MCU film number 418, I believe, in MCU continuity. This week. Uh, definitely, definitely 418 if you count the TV shows, um, but it is... Taika Waititi's return to the Thor franchise. Chris Hemsworth's return to the Thor franchise. Um, maybe Idris Elba's return to the Thor franchise. And I think they decided to cast somebody named Natalie Portman uh, for some reason to bring her back. Uh, Returning to the Thor franchise, it is Thor Love and Thunder, otherwise known as Guns N' Roses the Musical. Uh, (laughs) We are going to bring you a spoiler-free review. I don't think there's any need to do a spoiler review on this. You already uh, spoiled it by mentioning Idris Elba's name in this already, just saying. um, Spoiler. It just helps us in everything. I mean, he he appears as James (laughs) Bond. There you go. There's your spoiler. James (laughs) Bond is here in Thor Love and Thunder. Um, we're going to do a spoiler free review here. And for those listening on Patreon, you can listen to our free spoiler free review because we <laughs> won't have much else to add. I don't think, uh, my name is Colin and, <laughs> and my name is Ben. And if you don't shut up, you won't be invited to the orgy. <laughs> that was my backup line. Glad I, <laughs> well, I, I wanted finally, to go with this. Back- I warmed up my voice. <laughs> I wanted to go with this backup line. According to IMDB, Jane Foster, shit. <laughs> literally what it says there. Uh, I'm actually going to pass the, the 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 mic to you, and I'm curious to hear your thoughts on this because you were a, I think, a slightly bigger fan of the first two Thor movies than I was, but slightly less of a fan of Thor Ragnarok than I was. Uh, I, so, what are your thoughts? Yeah, I really like the first Thor movie. I I can't remember where I ranked it when I did the rankings a few years ago, and I yeah, the second one I don't think I was huge on. I think I ranked that towards the bottom. Uh, it was just there. Um, and Ragnarok, I kind of, I had a weird connection with Thor because it was, I, I caught up on all the MCU movies, like within like a very quick amount of time. And by the time I'd reached the end, I think Ragnarok was still in cinemas. It was right near the end. So I'm like, okay, cool. I can go see Thor Ragnarok. So Ragnarok was basically the first movie that started this streak now where I've seen every MCU movie at the cinema since I'd seen, the Incredible Hulk at the cinemas and Spider-Man Homecoming. That came before Ragnarok, didn't it? That was the one before uh, Ragnarok, was it? Yeah, I think just before, yeah. So technically I started then at Spider-Man. But anyway, so I, those are the two I'd seen, but blah, blah, blah. Um, so I'd, I'd like Thor. Thor had always been kind of the one I liked. And Ragnarok, I was like, I enjoyed it, but it was like, I don't know if I liked how it turned very comedic. Anyway, um, my dad couple hours ago literally asked me the same question because he was like i'm about to go see thor what did you think of thor my exact answer was it was an mcu movie it was (laughs) nothing amazing it was nothing shit um like i just 
this is my thing. And I keep saying this every time we do an MCU movie, except for Spider-Man. It's like, what can you say? It's just literally paint-by-numbers Marvel movie. I mean, I I enjoyed it. I'm not saying I didn't enjoy it. I enjoyed this more than Doctor Strange. I enjoyed this probably more than every Marvel movie last year, with the exception of Spider-Man. It has its moments. It's entertaining. Natalie Portman looks amazing. Uh, the soundtrack was great. I like Guns N' Roses. Um, yeah, it was fine. But, like, I, I wasn't blown away. You know, I didn't come out of this guy like, wow, this is amazing. It's just like, eh, it's a Marvel movie. You get what you're given. So I had some fears going into this movie. One was Natalie uh, Portman. Natalie Portman. <laughs> I, 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 I have gone back a year and a half with my nephew, who was there with us when we saw this. Uh, <laughs> He's been liking he has- everything I've been saying in the opening <laughs> 10 minutes of this episode already. <laughs> Uh, but uh, he uh, he basically spent a year and a half saying, it's like, oh, Thor Love and Thunder is going to be amazing. Come on. And I'm like, Natalie Portman's going to ruin it. I'm like, my, my other fear, I'm like, do we need another Thor movie? Like, is this the franchise that deserves a fourth part? Another fear is that, oh, they went a little bit funny. I love Ragnarok, but they went a little bit you know funny in the last one. Is this one just going to be a flat out comedy? Um, I am pleased to say this movie wasn't too funny. I'm pleased to say Natalie Portman did not ruin this movie. Uh, I'm sad to say I think Taika Waititi did because I think this movie is garbage. <laughs> like this wow. movie is really bad. And Why? I, I was worried that it was just me. And the huh. movie ends and my nephew, who outside of Terminator Dark Fate, I have never in my life seen a movie with him where he wasn't like, that movie was awesome. I mean, you can tell by him liking all of our posts within 30 seconds of the going up. Yeah. He was like, yeah, like I'm disappointed, but I don't know why. And there's something really off about this movie. And I, I can't figure it hey, out. And that I sounds to like Jamie all my Tinder dates. Sorry, that was just <laughs> deja vu. And then I turned to Jamie, who also was very prone to being like, oh, yeah, you know, this movie was good. And you're being hard on it. She's like, yeah, it wasn't good. <laughs> I'm like, thank God it's not just me. And, and hmm. I, there, are, there are a million things that I can pinpoint the wrong with this movie. And the reviews... I, I wanted to disagree with him because this movie has not gotten very good reviews. I mean, I think it's currently sitting like second last or third last among MCU movies. Uh, I think it's just a, a step above um, the first Thor or sorry, uh, Dark World and, you know, quite a bit above the Eternals. Uh, but I, it, just like Doctor Strange, like Doctor Strange, I enjoyed, but I disagreed with a lot of the criticism that reviewers gave it with this movie. I also disagree with a lot of the reviews that reviewers gave it. Uh, I disagree with a lot of complaints people seem to have. I just have a whole bunch of other complaints. <laughs> like This movie wow. is a mess. Like it is a mess of a movie. Interesting. Like, I, like I, you I, said, I, it's not like, it's not unwatchable. It's just, it's, it's off. That's really fascinating. Because like generally I think when we come into these and it's like a love or hate or sort of, you know, generally you and I about 80% of the time are usually on the same page. And the ones that we're not, like I, I always have a feeling where I'm like, I'm going to love this movie. Colin's going to hate it all the other way around. <laughs> but I, I honestly like coming into this recording had no inkling that you would dislike this movie. Cause like I, I kind of just left the cinema going like, yeah, what's to dislike about that? Like I, I left Dr. Strange with more like, eh, how do I feel about that? Whereas this, I'm just like, sure. That was fun. And, like, it was kind of just one of those movies where I think it's, like, cool, in a year's time, probably six months' time, I'll be going, like, yeah, I saw Thor. I remember that now. <laughs> well, let me get let me get through some of the, the good stuff that I thought about this first. Uh, first, I mean, I, I think that Chris Hemsworth, he totally fits this role. Uh, I was worried that it just would have been Chris Hemsworth, the comedian. He's very funny in this movie, but I actually think that performance-wise, he probably has 
better dramatic stuff to do in this ever. And it may be the first time I've ever seen Chris Hemsworth do dramatic scenes and actually believe him. Like he's not a good actor. He's a good comedian, not a good actor. He does some good dramatic work in this movie. Um, I feel like the Christian Bale steals this movie, which is what I expected. Uh, although I definitely have some complaints about how the movie ends, which I can't really get into. The only spoilers we can't really talk about is how this movie ends, where it's like, yeah, okay, I'm, were, I'm with you, you there. Had, it's a bit silly, the ending. Yeah, like you had a great villain, and all of a sudden you're just going to change it. Um, Natalie Portman was passable. Uh, I will say, oh, come on. Uh, I think it, I think it's clear that like she's not untalented at comedy, but she is the weak link. Like most of her comedy in this movie was sort of like, huh. That was amusing. Like she's not laugh out loud funny. Like she is the, she is not Tessa Thompson. She is not Chris Hemsworth. Um, but uh, the action in this movie is very all over the place and sloppy. Um, the music is very out of place with the exception of a few moments. Uh, and uh, I'm trying to think if there's any other good stuff I want to talk about. Uh, Christian Bale. I liked Christian Bale. Uh, there's one thing- person Look- you have not mentioned who steals this damn movie. Come on. The goats. I loved the goats. Russell Crowe. <laughs> okay, so I'm going to say this. Russell Crowe, hilarious. But this is probably my biggest problem with this movie. He does not need to be there. Like, if you take that sequence out, which is a long sequence, it does not change anything with the movie other than, oh, we got a post credit scene that is yeah. also, like, irrelevant. Um, th- there's just so much stuff in this movie that, like, I, what was it we were recently talking about where we were saying like, oh yeah, this is one of these movies where you could take this out and it doesn't change anything. I feel like 90% of this movie you could take out and it doesn't change anything. And the biggest problem is from the Russell Crowe sequence on, everything that happens to this movie is irrelevant. Like you have a climax of this movie where nothing needed to be there before you got into it. That's a very good point. Like the one thing that I honestly thought you and I were both going to come into this and like talk about how amazing Russell Crowe is. Like that was that was my bit. But like the, oh, the one thing that I- blast. The ending, I agree with it. There is a certain section of this movie which I think Thor is such a hypocrite in this film because it's like he goes after a villain who's a god killer who he's saying he's killing innocent yes. gods. <laughs> and I'm just going to leave it at that because I can't spoil it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That to me was like, what? Like, you can't say that. Um, but, like... I don't know. Like, it's just, it's interesting because, I mean, I'm looking here at the Rotten Tomatoes. So, yeah, equal third worst, 67% equal with The Incredible Hulk, which is a much better than 67%. That gets unfairly trashed on The Incredible Hulk. Um, Thor Dark World's on 66 and Eternal's on 47. Um, yeah, I, I, I just don't know what to say about, like, all that because it's, it's not going to be one of these ones where I'm going to sit here and defend the shit out of it. Like, you're wrong, you're wrong, because... <laughs> I think they're valid criticisms and I can maybe now sort of get a bit of a lightning how you maybe don't enjoy it. But I just like, this is just, I think how I always go into any Marvel movie. I just know what I'm going to get and I never really feel anything else as I leave. Like it's kind of like, I mean, the Eternals, even with the Eternals, which I'm like, okay, I can see this is drawn out and a bit boring and everything, but I'm like, visually it was cool. Like, I mean, it had some things which I liked. It was a little bit different. Um, you know, Doctor Strange was not the same as what I was hoping, like the first one, but I was like, eh, it still had its moments. And this kind of was just like, it's kind of just like Ragnarok, but instead of having a real 80s synth pop soundtrack, it's got guns and right. It just, yeah. was it Iron Man 2 that had the ACDC soundtrack? This to me was just like, mm-hmm. okay, so now we're going to put out a guns and right. And like, I love guns and roses. So like, I, I loved a lot of the, the beats with it and everything, but, um, 
I mean, maybe it's just the Natalie Portman factor. Like, I felt like she finally had something to do in one of these movies. Like, I mean, she didn't... I mean, Thor 2, she had nothing to do. She didn't want to be there. The first one, I mean, I like the first Thor. But, like, I liked seeing her as, like, this kind of, like, badass superhero and it didn't turn preachy like I thought it was going to. So here you go, MCU. You've got maybe your most preachy actress. Like, I'm with you with a lot of the stuff that doesn't annoy me with now. I love you, Natalie, but, yeah, just calm down a little bit. But, like, you've got this type of actress who probably should have been in, like, all the other ones where it's like, I'm just a girl and all that kind of crap that we got in Captain Marvel and all that sort of stuff. But they kind of had no preach with Natalie. I'm like, okay, fair enough. Um, But also she kind of... um, Actually, I can't say it. It's a spoiler. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> I don't know where I was going with that. Russell Crowe's uh, amazing, though. I love Russell Crowe in this movie. I know. We, good point. Shouldn't be there. But, like, seriously, <laughs> I just want to point out that you've got this New Zealand-born Australian actor who is basically putting on the most stereotypical, like, Greek, Greek accent, accent, which is, like, to me it is, if you've seen any form of Australian comedy, there was this guy in the 90s who did this character called Con the Fruiterer. I think he was on the same um, show that Eric Banner started on. And basically it was his character where he was like, it was, a, it was a big thing. A lot of the Greek and Italian immigrants would come to Australia and they'd start up like a little grocery store or a, or a corner store. So like his whole thing was like, I'm this Greek guy. And it's like, hey, what are you doing? I'm a Greek guy. And he would just like sell you fruit. It was hilarious. So to me, this was Russell Crowe's best impersonation of Con the Fruiterer, um, which I just thought was freaking hilarious. Because also he's the only one in this movie who doesn't have, like he's putting on a different accent, who keeps the accent. Tessa Thompson, Chris Hemsworth, you're meant oh, to yeah. be British. <laughs> <laughs> Half the time you just forget about that, don't you? Both of you. Half the time um, Chris Hemsworth is going, yeah, 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 I'm Thor. And I'm like, no, you're like, hello, I'm Thor. That's what you're meant to be saying. Where's Tessa Thompson from? She, half the time, was not British. So anyway, rant over. It's it's so funny with Russell Crowe because as soon as it started, my nephew turns to me and says, that is the worst accent I've ever heard. And I turned to him and I said, I think that's the point, though. Like, yes. and, and I really, I compared it because Jamie said the same thing afterwards. Wow, Russell Crowe's accent was so bad. I'm like, okay, of all the things you guys are going to criticize, I'm not on board with this because we just watched Elvis where Tom Hanks' mm. accent, you know, has already been said it is not only not what the real guy sounded like, but like it is not an accent, period. Like this is not <laughs> the way anybody talks. But yet- we said the same thing. We're like, we hated it. And then we loved it. Like there's something about it. that was so bizarre. It's good. And that's kind of what Russell Crowe is, but like, oh uh, yeah, it, it, he does not need to be in this movie. Other people that do not need to be in this movie. I'm so sorry. Tessa Thompson. What is Valkyrie's purpose in this movie? Like she is so wasted and not wasting that. She's not, she's in a lot of this movie, but she doesn't have a purpose. And this is where I feel like I have a frustration with them bringing back Natalie Portman. Um, great. You gave Natalie Portman, some something to do something a way to wrap up her character which i I always scratch my head at like like, oh well natalie portman's coming why are these supporting characters being given equal importance to the superheroes like this is the same problem we ran into with gwyneth paltrow in iron man 3 where suddenly she had to be in an iron man suit and fighting like no like i don't want lois lane you know getting superpowers and fighting alongside superman and what what really happened is that when we lost natalie portman in ragnarok they brought in Tessa Thompson to to fill a different. Well, she is a different type of female lead. It's not a love story. It's not a damsel in distress. She is a different type of character, and I felt like she did such a good job with Valkyrie. Arguably one of the best female leads they ever had in a Marvel movie, and it wasn't even her movie. And now you've got her and Natalie Portman both sort of doing the exact same thing, except Valkyrie doesn't have anything dramatic to play with here. Like you also could have taken her out of this movie, and it doesn't change anything. She's not I- bad. It's just she's pointless. I, I mean, I would agree with that, but I think 
the answer in that is because it's Natalie Portman. It's Gwyneth Paltrow. These are Academy Award winner A-listers. They're going to add a certain clout to the movie. If this was just, <laughs> you know, Jack Smigginette, like Jackine, Jacqueline Smiggins, like, I mean, you're not going to bring her back. You're not going to care. Like, it's, I think it just at the end of that, it's because it's Natalie Portman and somehow they talked her into doing it. So, um, yeah, I, I, I just think that's purely the A-list status that it brings um, because, yeah, I don't disagree with that. I think... The thing with Tessa Thompson is, like, she's got some good moments, but then she just turns into Daniel Craig in Tomb Raider or Vince Vaughn in Lost yeah. World. Like, she just disappears. Um, and it's mm-hmm. like, okay, bye, thanks for coming. Um, yeah, I, I mean, I would agree with that. Um, it's kind of like, oh, cool, here's random Kat Dennings is back. Remember her? Um, oh, I hate her. <laughs> I love Kat Dennings. Wow. Jeez. I hate her. <laughs> we have different tastes in women. That's why you married Jamie. Um, but... <laughs> Wow, that sounded mean. I love Jamie. That's the one good taste you've got. Um, but, yeah, I um, I also just realised just quickly how many Academy Award winners are in this film. Like, you got Natalie Portman, Christian Bale. Russell, Russell Crowe. Russell Crowe, Matt Damon, uh, Taika Waititi. Um, he's recent one Oscar. I think it was somebody else I was thinking of, too, who's in this. So, you've got a If only pretty- Sam Neill was an Oscar winner. I know, and Renee Russo's flashback. I was gonna, <laughs> yeah. It's not a spoiler. You just see like a two second flashback of Renee Russo. I'm like, oh, why didn't you bring her back? But anyway, yeah. Uh, w- w- one thing I want to comment just on the action in this movie, like a, there's something about the way Taika Waititi directs these action sequences where I'm constantly lost, and it's not that it's too fast. If anything, like this movie has like two identities. The first act of the movie and. This is actually something that Jamie brought to my attention. I hadn't even quite, I'm like, what, what is kind of off with the, the first, I don't know, 45 minutes of this movie. And she's like, yeah, it was like, it was on ADD. Like every joke was like, oh, we're going to hit you from every single corner and you can't process anything. And it was the same thing with the action, like the opening action sequence that we get in this movie, not the, you know, uh, Guardians of the Galaxy action sequence, but like the one where Natalie Portman appears, you're just sort of looking all over the place and you're like, okay, you're not doing fast cuts or anything, but like, there, there's nothing to establish what's going on and there's nothing to really get interested in it. And at the end of the movie, like the final action sequence, it's almost like everything is drawn out for so long and there's mm. so little going on. But at the same time, I'm like, I'm trying to watch. I'm like, I, I don't get what the logistics of everything that's happening here is. But then I, I actually thought about one of the other big problems and it was when we were discussing Natalie Portman after the movie. And yeah, I was saying, it's like, yeah, you know, nice that they got Natalie Portman to get in good shape for this movie so they could show off her arms. But like you could tell 90% of the action in this movie was a stunt woman. It's not even like, Oh, they cleverly hide it by CG face. I'm like every Natalie Portman shot is shot from like 20 feet away. And with her back to the camera, I'm like, she's clearly not doing her stunt. So you got her in this shape to show off her arms, but not doing the action. What I was excited about is I was picturing, this is going to be like Liam Neeson and Taken. You know, uh, Tom Cruise and Mission Impossible. You're going to take this actor who's never really done action before. They're going to get in this great shape. And then they're going to be like, you know, throwing people around and and swinging hammers. And and really, she just sort of stands there in the close-up shots. And then they'll cut to a long shot. It was like, it was so obvious stunt woman that I, I was kind of let down, not let down that she got in shape for this movie. But like, why is she not doing the stunts? Like, like let's use her. And that's one of the other problems with this movie is that, even with Chris Hemsworth, you feel like the majority of what you're watching is a stunt person. The um, the ending with the action was a bit odd because there's like a whole section where you think that's the climax and yeah. then it kind of just stops. And you're like, huh? And then it kind of goes to this other bit and then you go back to this other climax, which 
then it turns into the ending, which, again, we can't really talk about. But, um, yeah, I'd agree with that. Like, I mean, Natalie's never really done – I mean, even in Star Wars, she didn't really do action. I mean yeah. – Yeah, kind of did at the beginning with the grappling hook and the pew-pew and then the I call this aggressive negotiations. Like, I mean, that was kind of her getting her shirt ripped off and that's all we cared about really. But, um, yeah, I I will say I did like the uh, Natalie Portman Mars Attacks throwback line. Uh, This isn't really a spoiler, but uh, the bit when she's walking with Thor and she turns to him and goes, so you got a boyfriend, uh, got a girlfriend? Like that was the uh, closing scene at the end of uh, Mars Attacks when she's accepting the, uh, you know, because she's the president's daughter and the only one alive. She turns to what's his face like, so you got a girlfriend? Um, So a lot of nice Mars Attacks throwback. But, yeah, Chris Hemsworth, like, I didn't really notice too much of that. Um, You know, yeah, I, I, I didn't he lose an eye? I don't remember his eye coming back in this MCU. Like that's he how much I artif- remember the MCU. <laughs> I swear he got an artificial eye that's just now gone and his real eyes grown back. Like maybe it came right. from working out again. I don't know. Yeah, because I'm like in Ragnarok, he's like got no eye, and now all of a sudden he's <laughs> got an eye. Um, but yeah, I, I don't know. But um, Christian you know- Bale, like great, love him, but like I, I feel like. I don't know. Not that he was wasted. I think, well, maybe he was. Like, I don't know. I just felt like he hammed it up. He was very moustache twirling Bond villain, like just brilliant. But I just feel like all of a sudden it got to a point where he disappeared for so long. Then he came back. And then actually that's one thing. I kind of thought Christian Bale's like fighting was a bit weak. I was kind of like, this guy was mm. Batman. And now all of a sudden, like he got pushed out of it pretty weakly, literally by kids at one point, wasn't it? And then all of a sudden I was just like, <laughs> oh, cool. The end. I'm like, what? Yeah. Christian Bale doesn't go down like a little bitch. He's Batman. Come on. The, the, another thing I just wanted to go back to Natalie Portman on uh, before talking about Christian Bale, who's, who is good in this movie. He was very good. Uh, but uh, you, I know you complained with Ragnarok that it's like, it, it wasn't even necessarily that you were like so in love with the first two Thor movies, but you're like, it's kind of just a cheap thing that they're just like, oh, we're just going to laugh off the first two Thor movies and pretend they never happened. Mm. And this movie is almost like a response to say, hey, we're, we're going to, you know, connect the, the first two Thor movies again. But like outside of Natalie Portman's opening scene where she's scientist again, she's playing a completely different character. Like, again, what yeah. is the point of bringing her back when there is no similarity? A, she's she's cracking all these jokes and trying to come up with one liners. They never really explain where she suddenly becomes. Uh, I mean, yeah, I get she gets a hammer, but how does she have the, the ability to fight and know how to fight and have the desire to fight? And then they drop the science thing altogether where there's literally a throwaway line. It was somewhere halfway into this movie where she's like, it's almost like a, you know, I'm a little bit, a little bit of a scientist myself. Like it's one of those things, <laughs> but like she, th- she's not playing the same character. So, so again, you're bringing a character back trying to tie into the first two movies, but it's like you, it's like Taika Waititi never watched the first two movies. So she just wrote something for Natalie Portman, kind of like I, the star Wars movie. He plans to write for her. If you heard that story. I didn't. What, what's going on? There's going to be a Padme spinoff. No. What, what, what? <laughs> I think people have now officially lost faith in Taika Waititi can save the star Wars films because it came out recently that he asked Natalie Portman said, you know, I'm writing a star Wars movie. I'm like, have you ever been interested in maybe being in a star Wars movie? I could put you in it. She's like, <laughs> uh, I was in three of them. So this man doesn't even know she was oh. in star Wars. No more faith in him doing star Wars anymore. <laughs> I love you Taika Waititi, but fuck you. Um, <laughs> Which can I just say on a tangent, one of the, the, probably the number one Funko Pop I want is the Padme in the white torn thing, which is really rare now. It's like, I don't know how many years old. You can't get it. I was in a store yesterday and they've got a whole bunch of new Star Wars Funko Pops and they've got a new Padme one. It's like a, 
I think it's one of the ones where she's like in the Senate or whatever. And I'm like, oh, cool. Not the one I want though. So like, <laughs> it, uh, they, they, I still got my Padme action figure. I found it the other day. It's in one of my boxes in the room next door. Still in this box, still in mint condition. Um, which which I, movie? I've got, I've got the, all three of them. Which one do you have? I think it's Attack of the Clones Padme, like in her. I think it's in the uniform, like at the beginning when the ship gets blown off and a decoy gets like killed. Oh, I think okay. it's her in a I've flight got, costume. Yeah, I've got the one you want. I've got the one that actually came with the 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 sacrificing pillar with her oh. in a ripped clothes. No, well, mine's yeah. Well, I, well, I'll I'll swap you. Um, but <laughs> I mean, it's I I would because like yeah, the thing that annoyed me the most in this movie besides probably the ending is that it just felt like because there's this whole section where all of a sudden it's like boom, hi Natalie Portman, she's now the mighty Thor, and that's not a spoiler; it's in the trailer. And then I'm thinking like, oh cool, we're gonna get a bit of a background of that, right? And it's kind of just passed off in like it's almost yeah. like somehow Palpatine has returned. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, like it was very much like that. And like, I get it with the pace of this movie. It kind of worked. And I've seen a lot of people describing this as the MCU's first ever romantic comedy. And I'm kind of like, okay, I can kind of see where you're going with that. But like, at the same time, like I would argue that Taika Waititi forgot who Thor was and turned him into a <laughs> co- comedic character in Ragnarok. That was, mm-hmm. you know, like, and like, I, I think I, I'm pretty sure I ranked the first Thor quite highly because I just liked it. There was just something about the first Thor that I really liked. And I'm with you. Chris Hemsworth is not a good actor when it comes to not comedy. I think he's a far better comedic actor. I watched him in Home and Away for how many fucking years and I used to hate the guy. Um, but it was just, yeah, I don't know. Like, it was a weird balance in this movie where you kind of got a bit of dramatic stuff. And there's a whole lot with the, the Natalie Portman sort of, storyline we can't really talk about which was kind of like oh okay wasn't expecting that and that was where you know you got some dramatic chops going on um but yeah i don't know like i i'd agree with you for the most part that they kind of forgot who she was in the first. but like does anyone remember the second thor i don't <laughs> uh, box was that where we first got the boxes in that one i can't remember Boxers, Thor and boxers. No, the, bo- the boxers, like the was in the uh, Age of Ultron. Before we had the Infinity Stones, we had those mother, not the mother boxes. That was DC. Um, <laughs> those weird cube things that we had. They were in the early MCU. See, I don't know. They're all the Something same. Like that, yeah. <laughs> Fucking, I don't know. Uh, but Christian Bale, uh, talking about him for a second, like um, I-, I think that there's a reason why his fighting was a little off. I mean, he's playing a very anorexic. <laughs> very decrepit uh what's the movie you won the and oscar for of, wasn't he an anorexic boxer the, the the fighter yeah 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 uh but but yeah there there's i think there's a reason for that I, what, what's weird about his performance is that to me it's it's almost the wrong performance for this movie i i think it's the right performance for what this movie could have been but it's a wrong performance for the amount of comedy in this movie this movie most of the criticism of this movie has been like they're trying too hard with the comedy and I say to a certain extent, yeah, I'd say for the first half of the movie, it's like you don't need 16 jokes within a span of 10 seconds, you know, like like just slow yourself down a little bit. Stop trying to be so funny because but halfway through the movie, the movie stops being fun, funny suddenly. And mm. it, it almost feels like two completely different movies. Christian Bale, though, it, it, this opening of the movie is him. And it is very like Shakespearean, very dramatic, very serious, very dark. And then you get into joke, 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 joke. And then every time they cut back to Christian Bale, it's like very Shakespearean, very dark. And it's like uh, what Christian Bale do, was doing was 100% right, but it was almost like he was in a different movie. <laughs> it's like he belonged in maybe Thor 1 and 2, and he didn't belong in the same scene where Russell Crowe is flicking the clothes off of Chris Hemsworth, you know? Uh, like it's just – it's it's – it's an odd performance in this movie, but yet I feel like this is the right performance for a villain. I get what you're saying, like, like he just disappears. But what was weird was I recently rewatched Ragnarok. 
I was actually surprised at how little Kate Blanchett's in that movie for the most part. And honestly, Kate Blanchett probably one of the top five Marvel villains. I mean, I, I see her constantly on you know lists as one of the best Marvel villains ever. You know, I know it's kind of slim pickings for a lot of MCU villains, but like she's definitely up there. And yet Christian Bale might even have slightly more screen time than she has in this movie, but it's the way they use her because she's, she's spaced out just enough. Here's let's compare it to star Wars a little bit. Okay. So if we look at star Wars, let's look at the phantom menace. Okay. You have Darth Sidious, you have Darth Maul, neither of which have a huge presence in that movie. Uh, Darth Maul is a very minor character and he has slightly more than Sidious, but what they do is every, it's almost like you set, you set a timer. Every 5 to 15 uh, minutes, you're going to check back in with them for a quick scene. And with Christian Bale, you got like, boom, 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 lots of Christian Bale. And then he's gone for like an hour. And then we're going to bring him back. And then he's gone. Like, if they had found a way to space him out a little bit more like they did with Hela and Ragnarok, I feel like his character, it wouldn't have needed more development. It just would have had more of a presence in the movie. Yeah, I'd agree with that. And I think there's a few plot lines with it which just purely have to make the plot. Like, clearly that's how a plot works in a movie, Ben. But like the whole reason why Thor and that go after him really has got nothing to do with his overall plan. It's more of the case of just some collateral that's happened. And there's, there's one moment in it, which like with all these movies, which this is always the danger with an MCU or a DCEU when they do, you know, your massive Avengers movies, big team ups movies. It's when they get there and go like, we need to get a team together. And they say, Oh yeah. And they're like, we're going to go get these people instead. And it's like, well, if you got the Avengers, this would probably yeah. <laughs> be better. Um, so, yeah, and it's like, I don't know, like, I liked Christian Bale and, like, when you said, like, uh, Kate Blanchett's in the top five Marvel movies, I'm just going, like, who would even be in the top five? I'm thinking, obviously, freaking Thanos is probably number one by far, mm. but then I'm like, who's number two? Like, who is number two? I don't know. Jake Gyllenhaal now? <laughs> but I thought he wasn't like, is Michael Keaton still liked? Even though I saw criticism of him recently. Like, it's kind of like, well, who are the good villains anymore in here have we ever had a good one um <laughs> that guy who did that thing in that movie um yeah i like i just feel that and one thing actually with christian bale too is just you always see these articles of marvel actors who went to a dc movie or dc actors who've gone in like you know mm. the crossovers i feel people aren't making a big deal i think this is freaking batman who's now a, yeah. a marvel like i mean russell crowe was um what jor-el in mm-hmm. Man of Steel, and now he's in a Marvel movie. You got, you know, like J.K. Simmons, this sort of stuff. But like, this would be like if Henry Cavill was a, a villain in yeah. a, you know, all this, or if all of a sudden um, Robert Downey Jr. was a villain in the DC movies. Like, this isn't being talked about. And I feel like, wow, that's really weird because he was Batman. And to most people, he's most people's best Batman. So it's weird that that's not getting talked about more. But um, yeah, I, I, I just, just something about Christian Bale in this movie where I'm like, it just, it feels wasted. He's not bad. He's not bad at mm-hmm. all. He's great. But I just feel like this could have been like so much better. And the ending of this movie means that we're really probably not going to see anything more with this. So, mm-hmm. so yeah. <laughs> can, so. I, well, can I ask one thing just quickly? Um, I know, like, we talked a lot about with these movies about you know, shoehorning in the other characters, like, you know, Spider-Man, we had Iron Man, and, like, you know, oh, this yeah. one, obviously, we've got the Guardians of Galaxy, which, in it for a lot less than I thought they would be. But, like, did any, like, did Chris Pratt, did Dave Batista, did Bradley Coop, did any of them want to be there? Like, for fuck's sake, <laughs> like, talk about phoning in your performance. Like, I mean, I like yeah. Chris Pratt, but, like, 
Chris Pratt looked bored. Chris Pratt never looks bored. Chris Pratt always looks like he's well, even in Jurassic World movies he's involved. Like, I swear none of these actors were like, oh, fuck, we're going to do another one of these. I'm sure. Yeah, ha, ha, where are the Guardians of the Galaxy? Yippee. Yeah, you know, I, I was, I wouldn't say Chris Pratt completely phoned it in. I, I would say it, it's inconsistent <laughs> for him. It, it was almost like Taika Waititi wasn't watching him on set and didn't realize Chris Pratt was almost making fun of the fact that he's in this movie. Uh, what, I, what I did like was that they're just there for the opening sequence. And I think my biggest compliment of this movie would be maybe of all recent Marvel movies, this is the most standalone film. It is a Thor movie. So much so that when we're talking about, oh yeah, this character's kind of wasted, this character's kind of wasted. Really what they I, maybe were going for was that they wanted this to end as a Thor movie. Like it is Thor, let's let it just be Thor. And nice that they did that. Um, you, outside of the Guardians of the Galaxy, there's no connection. I always was sort of of the opinion, like I, they didn't get it right in the first two Thor movies, but I've sort of always been of the opinion that I would rather see Thor on Earth. I think what did work in the first Thor movie was the idea of this uh, this god from Asgard who's fish out of water, you know, the restaurant scene in the first Thor where he's like smashing his cup asking for more, uh, you know, that that's kind of what, what I want to see and how the world would react to a god on Earth. But the problem is once you do Avengers, I feel like you can never go back there. So even though I was in, in the first two Thor movies really interested in going to all these other worlds and other dimensions and Asgard stuff, I think I'm more warmed up to that now. And I'm glad that it, it, the fact that this is not really taking place on earth at all, outside of some sequences in new Asgard, which let's be honest, still Asgard uh, that's allowed us to not have a million crossovers, <laughs> which is mm. nice. Similar to how I feel like, you know, uh, the, the multiverse of madness kind of did the opposite thing where it's like, well, because you're doing the multiverse of madness, people were almost disappointed. They didn't have a million cameos where I'm like, no, I don't want a million cameos. Like I want a standalone movie, but with the Guardians of the Galaxy stuff at the beginning, it is just sort of like, well, this is the last place we saw Thor. He was with them. So let's have him kind of leave them behind. With Chris Pratt, though, what I found was weird was like the first half of the Guardians of the Galaxy sequence, it's almost like because in the, the, the previous movies, he was always at odds with Thor. He was the he was the guy. It's like, no, 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 I, I'm I'm the alpha male, you know? No, no, no I, I'm I'm hotter than he is, isn't it? Aren't I? Uh, and then it was like during the battle sequence, it was like he was idolizing Thor. It's like the look on his yeah. face, like, yeah, Thor. When Thor's doing like, the, by the way, the scene, there's a scene in here where Thor does the splits where I'm like, this is officially turned into a naked gun movie. Like, it's not no, even it was, just- You don't mess with the Zohan. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, exactly. The post don't mess with the Zohan, yeah. But but it's it's like, no, you've really gone too far now. Like, this isn't even funny. It's just too over the top. But like Chris Pratt's face, like, oh, he's doing it. It's like he's suddenly in love with Thor. And I'm like, Okay, so that's the idea we're going with. Now that Gamora is gone, he's not competitive. He thinks Thor is his new hero. I want to be like Thor. But then the second half of the scene they have, he's like, all right, see you later, Thor. Okay, you can go now. Like, he's back to the original yeah. Star-Lord. So it, it, like couldn't even keep it straight. <laughs> Star-Lord was supposed to be in his relationship with Thor. It's, um, yeah, no, I'd agree with all of that. And I think that, you know, one thing, let's get, let's be Team DC here, like, as much as I like the connectivity that they sort of do with the DCEU, they still make them all very standalone don't they? And even when they connect them, they don't go overboard. And mm-hmm. I think that, you know, Shazam, like, for example, like, oh, my God, we're going to get a Superman cameo. And, I mean, it all came down to the fact that Henry Cavill wasn't available, so they still kind of do it, but they do it in a fun way. And you haven't watched Peacemaker yet, have you? I haven't finished Peacemaker. I think I did the first three episodes. So in the last episode of Peacemaker, there may or may not be some cameos from Ooh. some very prominent DCEU characters. And the way they do it is very funny. 
and it's kind of like I like I was not expecting it all, and you kind of just see this moment and. There are two that appear on screen and sort of others which are kind of like there, but they're not really the actors. And you're just kind of like, oh, my God, like they got them to come into this episode. That's actually fucking hilarious the way they do it. And it just works. But you don't have like you could have easily gotten them for a whole episode and be like, well, they're going to join in and do this. But like I just think the DCU does it very cleverly. So I'm, I'm assuming that we're going to get Shazam in the Black Adam movie. I'm hoping. But anyway, mm. the point is like, I would agree with all that sort of stuff. Um, one thing that I would just want to quickly add and I actually I'm very shocked reading this. The the Christian Bale's character's daughter, who's in like the beginning. I first, I'm like I'm like, is that Christian Bale's real daughter? Like God, she he, she looks like him. That's Chris Hemsworth's daughter. What? Uh, yeah. So um, there may or may not be some scenes that that make some more sense now. But also apparently Christian Bale's daughter is in the movie. Uh, and Natalie Portman's kids are in the movie as well. So apparently they're just like, we can't hire actors. We'll just get everyone's <laughs> kids in the movie. But that's like, seriously, like if anybody is going to see this, there's one sequence I'm just watching. I'm like, that has to be Christian Bale's daughter. That looks so much like Christian Bale. Um, and it's actually Chris Hemsworth. So I'm thinking Chris Hemsworth's wife's being fucking Christian Bale behind his back. <laughs> um, just might need to look into that, Chris. Just saying. Um. Now, now I, I, it's kind of cool that they, you know, throw these cameras. We talk about Ewan McGregor's daughter being in the Obi Wan show, but does it make you slightly more annoyed with the ending of the the this movie now, without us going into details of what the movie is? <laughs> that that's yeah, like yeah, I, I don't. I, I, that was the one thing I was going to say to you. Like, do we do a spoiler just because of the ending? Because like, I mean, yeah, that was the bit where I'm like, huh, really? Like, this is all of that, and the, like, like it just it was, and there, there was another. <laughs> This isn't really a spoiler, but there's like a scene when they're going through New Asgard and they're kind of seeing like how it's a tourist attraction. And at one point you see it's like Thanos's glove and it's got like the such and such stones cafe or something like that. I'm thinking yeah. like, is that appropriate? Like that killed <laughs> half the world. Like, yeah, I don't go down the street and like go to like Hitler's smokehouse. Like, I mean, 9-11 bistro. <laughs> like... Twin Twin Towers, like, collapsing fondue bar. Like, I mean, it's... I feel like that's very inappropriate. Like, um, but, yeah, like, no, the ending, there's definitely things about that where I'm like, okay. And then we get, like, I, was this the first time I've ever seen a character will return yeah. subtitle? So the well, Thor will return, like a James Bond will return. Because when you, like, mention, I keep forgetting, this is the fourth Thor movie. This is the first MCU fourth part of it like because we've only had what three iron man's three captain america's uh two ant man's two doctor strange yeah there's gonna be three guardians three guardians um or avengers i guess technically but yeah and like what the fuck is with this she hulk thing that's happening like i mean i'll watch it because mark ruffalo's coming back but why can't mark ruffalo get his own like i get it universal (laughs) has the rights but come on i want a second hulk movie anyway um, I lost the point where I was going with <laughs> the ending. Sucks. Uh, yeah. So here's the thing, just kind of to sum up everything here. Uh, first of all, you, I don't know if you, you, sometimes you can read a theater, you know, uh, oh, it was a yeah. very, like, it wasn't, it was weird. It wasn't sold out, sold out. Uh, but it was like, ah, eh, it was about, I don't know, 60, 70% full. The, the one we were in. But I think the oddest thing for me for a movie that, that has so much comedy, especially in the first half of the movie, like I probably counted two times where I heard somebody laugh out loud that wasn't my nephew. My nephew's like, ha, 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 but he'll, he'll do that for anything. And then he went on to complain about the movie afterwards, which is funny. But uh, not a lot of people laughing out loud. 
the oddest thing for me was when the movie ended half of the theater emptied out and like i i know from all the marvel movies that like people stick around for the closing credit scenes and i don't know if it's just that the closing credits have just become so irrelevant now but the same thing happened in the eternals when i was at the eternals like <laughs> everybody there was three people left yeah, people um, were waking up They're like oh fuck my nap <laughs> right. oh, shit. half the day gone fuck yeah <laughs> better pick the but kids like, up <laughs> It was, it was just, and then it was just sort of the mood. Like usually you'll, you'll, you'll kind of hear chatter from people after a movie's over. You're like, Oh, blah, 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 blah. oh I can't believe this. It was like, it was like dead silent. Like it was, it was just yeah. a weird exit to the theater where it was almost like you'd suck the life out of the room. And it's again, it, it kind of going along with my opinion. It's like, it's not that like this movie is unwatchable. It's not like I was like, come on. There were definitely moments where I'm like, let this be over. Like particularly this, the, the second half of this movie, three things happen. You know, they visit Zeus they have one fight scene and then they have another fight scene. It's like, that's an hour of the movie. Like there is so little that happens in the second half of this movie. So yeah, there are points where I was like, come on, let's get on with it. But more than anything, I just sort of felt like underwhelmed. Like there's some, and there's something off about this movie that I could pinpoint little things like, yeah, the comedy is a little bit too like all over the place. The drama is a little bit all over the place. The story is definitely lacking. There's very little story in this movie. But more more than anything, I just feel like it's kind of a sloppy product. You know, it was like, I don't know. It felt like it was a little bit rushed out. It felt like maybe Taika Waititi's heart wasn't in it. Like, he's like, oh, I really want to do a 4-4. Four, four. But just kidding, I really don't. And some of the, well, you already signed the contract. Oh, I knew I shouldn't have signed it when I was drunk. Like, something. You know, there's something that's off threesomes. about this movie. Yeah, <laughs> too I, many threesomes. It's, yeah. It's, it's, I still like am fascinated because, like, I mean... It's like everything you're saying, I don't disagree with, but I I just don't have that opinion of this movie. I just it just it's just standard Marvel. Um, it's it's interesting you're talking about like reading the room. Like, I saw this, you know, two o'clock on a Friday afternoon, but still there was maybe ten people in the cinema. Um, but like I mean, I saw Spider Man like basically the same time on opening day, and that was packed. You know, it was sold out. There were sold out sessions. Um, and I'm I'm surprised that like there hasn't been a lot more in this movie in Australia since I've been back because this was filmed in Australia. Like Chris Hemsworth, like uh, I mean Taika Waititi's a Kiwi, but you know generally even you know if there's somebody we haven't stolen, they're still you know close enough to our heart that we care about them. Um, but yeah, like it just and there wasn't a whole lot of reaction. There was I can't remember what the scene it was. There was some really like weird geeky guy sitting by himself. Ben says going to the movies by himself, <laughs> um, but like. There was something, and the only time there was any reaction, this guy was like, oh, hoo, 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 and I'm like, looked over, I'm like, what the fuck is wrong with you? <laughs> um, and there was, like, one moment where, like, these two women walked in, like, in the final 10 minutes, and I'm going, like, no one has literally left this cinema the entire time. You don't work here. Like, what? Like, and they sort of stood there and went to take a seat, and then they're like, oh, this isn't the right movie. You're like, oh, we're walking in a little too early. I'm like, yeah, you are. Um... <laughs> But, yeah, like, the, it's funny you say about people leaving. Like, pretty much I was one of only three people left in the crowd. I'm thinking, like, this is a Marvel movie. There's going to be two credit sequences no matter what. Like, I remember when I saw uh, – I'd, I'd probably mention this there. I can't remember. This was months ago when we saw The Batman. And, of course, you know, it's a superhero movie. So you're sitting there waiting for the credits. And I remember there was just, like, this one woman who walked in. You know, very New York accent. It was basically like, this isn't a Marvel movie. There is no post-credits. You may all leave now. And it was like, <laughs> oh, this is like a packed cinema. Um, but, yeah, I'm surprised that people leave. Like, people sat through Elvis. Whoa, is there going to be a post-credits Elvis scene? Yeah. <laughs> he is alive. I knew it. <laughs> like, there he is, Elvis. He's back hanging out with Michael Jackson in the, the dead <laughs> musician's cinematic universe. 
But yeah, what, like, that's the one where, like, I, I legitimately Google always. Like, when I'm sitting in credits, I quickly will go on Google, is there a is post credit scene? scene? Yeah. Like, There's a website like, that's dedicated to it, yeah. Yeah, and like with this one, like you see the mid-credits one and then all of a sudden I'm like, okay, and there's like, yes, there is. I'm like, okay, so well, I will sit and watch. And like there have been other movies where uh, I've sat through there and yeah, you go like, oh, okay, there's not, so I will leave now. So yeah, it's weird that people do that in a Marvel movie. Yeah, I, I, it could just be that like the, maybe it's not even just disappointed with the movie, but let's be honest, the, the Marvel post credit scenes have kind of taken a nosedive. I mean, they all sort oh, yeah. of become the same thing. It's, it's a, hey, we're going to use one to introduce some obscure character that you're going to have to Google before you get to the final post credit scene, which is just going to be a little throwaway gag which the throwaway gag in this one also annoyed me because I'm like, finally, we can wash our hands clean of something. Let's just, now we got to bring it. Okay, great. Uh, let's just hope there's not a, I keep saying, let's hope there's not Thor 5. The Thor will return thing. I mean, maybe there's not going to be a Thor 5. Maybe it's just going to be next Avengers or next Guardians of the Galaxy. Who knows? But uh, I finished this movie and I'm like, you know, it's, they've had four tries to make a Thor movie and they got it right one time. Like, there's a reason why three out of the four Thor movies are among the five worst reviewed Marvel movies. Cause it's a, there's something about it that just doesn't work. And I, I don't know what it is. I mean, it, I, I think Ragnarok's fantastic, but I still have some issues with Ragnarok to me. I just, I sort of walked out of me like, you know what? Four tries got it right. Three times. If they make a Thor five, they're going to have to do something like really big. If Christian Bale, couldn't make me interested. <laughs> it's going to have to be something expected. They're going to have to get is, Rene Russo back in, oh, in the next Thor movie or don't something. Don't get me excited. Is, Chris, is Christian, is um Chris Hemsworth, has he made the most appearances now in any MCU movie? Like he would have overtaken Robert uh, Downey Jr. by now, wouldn't he? Yeah, I'm going to have to count. I mean, well, he had four Thor movies, four like four Avengers. Um, that's well, I think it. he's at eight. <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. had four Avengers Three Iron Mans. In Spider-Man. Uh, Spider-Man. Uh, why do I feel like he had another one? Uh, Captain America had Oh, yeah, six, he was in Civil seven. War, though, as well, so he would have been in nine. Yeah, so Robert Downey Jr., I think, is still number one. That's the only reason yeah. Thor will turn, because he's like, I gotta at least tie Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, because I, I, I feel like... I feel Thor was in another one, though, wasn't he? Like, are we missing one? Uh, eh. Thor... Uh, Thor, 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 Thor is Thor. Oh. Uh. <laughs> Why couldn't they just call this? Come on, miss the boat on calling this movie Thor Four. <laughs> like that's yeah, a like funny Thor title with like a four. Yeah, like, Thor. You know, like, you know. Thor. Let's call it F4. Four. <laughs> yeah, Four. Uh, I don't really have much else to add other than I, again, kind of reiterating. Like, it's not an unwatchable movie. It's it's got its moments, but there's something flat about it, and there's something about it that just doesn't really work. And I was I was pleased that i wasn't crazy that it was this wasn't a situation where jamie's like no you're wrong and my nephew's like that movie was awesome I'm like no obviously some people agree and it's funny because jamie's mom was watching our kids and she was really excited to see this movie and uh well we got back she's like, how was the movie and jamie was like it sucked and her <laughs> mom was like what like literally looking shocked she's like, she's like, that's funny because i read somebody else commenting earlier that like the first hour of the movie's good and then the next hour is like not great i'm like that kind of sums up like it's a movie that kind of falls apart didn't need to be made um i see i'm 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 i would say i'm almost a little bit torn like this would be a rent because but because i feel like if you're gonna see this it's funny we uh we we left the theater and my 
sister and brother-in-law were picking up my nephew. Uh, but we had to go. There was an ice cream place we were going to go to. It was across the street. It was closing in 10 minutes. We got to go. I guess they got there and just saw us leaving. So they followed us to the ice cream place. So when they came in, first thing my nephew says, please tell my mom and dad they don't have to pay good money to see this. They can wait for Disney+. Plus. I'm like, yes, wait for Disney+. Plus. Like, you don't need to waste $30, $40 to see this movie. So in that terms, I would say it's a rent. But at the same time, I'm like, I, I would never go out of my way to watch this movie again. Like, it is a poorly made movie that is adequate at best so personally i would probably say i'd put this in maybe my small category of a half a dozen marvel movies that i'd probably been wow it's saying here you rented ragnarok just saying did i only rent it i would i would upgrade that to a buy then i'm saying here that it's a it's a rent because I, I, I didn't review that one but you obviously did a review of that um just before i went and saw that so there you go uh before i give my uh rating can i just say that i found an article actors with most mcu appearances top 10 all right so let's go through this oh, quickly wait, mark ruffalo no? Uh, Mark well, Ruffalo. Uh, might be on this list. Uh, number 10 with seven appearances. Paul Bettany as Java slash Vision. Uh, I don't know if this includes TV shows or not. So I'm guessing it's... Only if it does, it would appearance. probably... Like, I'm assuming that's one TV show because he did, I think, 10 episodes of WandaVision. Yeah. Uh, number nine, Sebastian Stan, a.k.a. Big what? Penis Tommy Lee, Bucky Barnes slash The Winter Soldier. It's been in seven. Wow. Um, so I'm guessing it does... It says, with seven films and a co-lead in a TV series. So, they obviously are including TV appearances. Like, you know, one overall appearance. Yeah. Um, in eighth place, um, Don Cheadle uh, as James Rhodes' War Machine <laughs> in seven. Who did he replace? Wouldn't um, What's his face? Terrence in the first Howard. Time, maybe? Yeah, poor Terrence Howard. Um, at number seven, Mark Ruffalo, eight appearances as the Hulk. Six, Chris Hemsworth, eight appearances as the Hulk. So, there's only six on this list. Uh, Scarlett Johansson has been in nine. Uh, there you go. Uh, Robert Downey Jr. has been in 10? 10. 10. Do you have a cameo? In- oh, the Incredible Hulk, he has that, that post-credits uh, yeah. scene. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so the top three, well, actually, equal second with 11 appearances each. Chris Evans has been in 11. And Samuel Wait. L. Jackson has been oh, in 11. yeah. And number one with 22 appearances, Stan Lee. Uh, well, I mean... <laughs> Technically, they're not wrong. Um, I came into this with a buy. I honestly came into this with a buy. Low buy, but still, you know, harmless fun. I enjoyed it. But I think, like, talking about it has probably taken me down. Because, like, I think the thing that you said there, like, I'm not going to go out of my way to watch this. Like, again, I have no desire to rewatch any MCU film outside of maybe two or three of them. And, like, I sometimes think to myself, maybe I should rewatch them all. And I'm like, why do I want to sit down and watch all 29 of these? Like, I just, I have no desire to do that. Um, so yeah, I'm going to change to a rent. Uh, again, I just, I didn't dislike this. I still like this better than Dr. Strange. And again, still like this better than any of the last, how many we've had in the last 12 months besides Spider-Man. Um, but yeah, this is the last one we've got this year. I oh, know there's a Black Panther movie. Come on, goody. Yeah. Um, yeah, yay. <laughs> <laughs> Sequel to one of the most but, overrated yeah. MCU movies there is. Yippee. But you know what's weird is that I kept trying to think like, okay, which Marvel movies do I dislike more than this? And I mean, there there are a handful that like I legitimately dislike. I don't. I wouldn't say I dislike dislike this movie. I I I would bin this movie. But like, to me, Age of Ultron, Captain Marvel, uh, The Eternals, uh, those are like bad movies. Uh, and then you have you know the ones like Thor: The Dark World and uh, well, Iron Man two would be in the bad category. But like Thor: The Dark World, Iron Man three. 
I would maybe even say, well, Spider-Man Far From Home was decent compared to this, but those, this is kind of in the category is like, it's a bad movie, but it's like, it's, it's not annoyingly bad. But the weirdest thing for me is like, I, I kept debating. I'm like, maybe I would have to rewatch the first two Thor movies, but like, I almost feel like to me, this is, it's not the most boring Thor movie, but it is definitely the worst movie because it is a poorly made movie, you know? So I'm almost curious to rewatch Thor one and two now just to see if those movies are potentially better than this. I do love here how like on Wikipedia, you've got the critical acclaim section and there's a public section and there's cinema score. No Marvel movie has gotten lower than a B. Even the the lowest ranked one, Eternals has just a flat B. Everything else has B plus B plus. So, B, three movies have a B plus, which is Thor, Doctor Strange, and the Multiverse of Madness, and Thor, Love, and Thunder. Then literally every other MCU movie has an A minus as the lowest score, with four having A pluses, being the first Avengers movie, Black Panther, Endgame, and No Way Home. Um, and you know what? I'm so, I'm so sick of like Marvel themselves, like like you know, the people behind the movies and fans, just constantly every time they get even mediocre reviews, like oh, it's just review bombing. Like, no, you, you're capable of making bad movies. If anything, this kind of proves the opposite point. It's like, if you can get that good scores for such mediocre movies sometimes, I think you have the opposite problem. I think well, you have people who are just like, it's Marvel, it's amazing. Well, look at phase four, post Far From Home, Black Widow, eh, sure. Eh. Uh, Shang-Chi, eh, yeah. like, sure. Eternals, eh, sure. No Way Home, brilliant. To me, probably the best MCU film. That or Ant-Man. But at the same time, like, we kind of identified that Sony played a large part in that because the, yeah. the best parts about that movie are the things MCU could not contribute to. Exactly. Uh, Multiverse Madness. Eh. And now Love and Thunder. To me, still, I would argue, my personal opinion, Love and Thunder, the best of those that isn't Spider-Man. That is my opinion. Yeah. Um, I mean, so, I- really, Phase 4 has not been good. Except yeah, for one film. And, and, you know, I was kind of reading through comments online before recording this. Like, what, what is the general opinion out there? You find some, I think the best opinions you're getting are kind of along the lines of how you came into this episode. A lot of people are saying, you know, I enjoyed it for what it was. It was okay. Uh, but you're getting a lot of people who are basically now turning on and saying, it's like phase four Marvel is not good. Uh, and this is just kind of more, and, and I almost worried, are they putting so much attention and focus into their TV now that they're letting yeah. the movie slip because well, I feel like the TV shows are better and the TV show, it's not that much yeah. longer. A lot of their episodes are half an hour. You're doing six, you know, six episodes. I mean, it's not like you have more content necessarily. I'd agree. I'd agree for the most part. I mean, I'm enjoying Ms. Marvel. And at the time of recording, this is only one episode left. Um, Moon Knight was okay. Uh, I really enjoyed Hawkeye. Hawkeye was the best one. Uh, Loki was pretty good. Uh, What Mm -hmm. If was decent. Um, I liked WandaVision for the most part. Um, Hawkeye and Winter Soldier, whatever it was, that was fine. Um, Have I got them all there? I think so. Um, I think so, And what have have we got coming out? So Black... I mean, has anything, what is, who is Black Panther in this movie? Have we ever, like, has anything been released on that? Do we know? Um, Not a trailer, nothing. November, so that's still this year. I mean, I love Ant-Man, so I'm extremely happy that we've got a third Ant-Man coming out in February next year, so bring that on. Guardians Galaxy Volume 3, sure, I'm on board with that. And then the Marvels, which, I mean, yay for Ms. Marvel and uh, the other one. Um, (laughs) So, I mean, even then it's kind of like, well, yippee. I mean, Ant-Man. I'm all on board, Ant-Man. Yes, please. Is is Evangeline coming back? I hope so. Um, uh, uh, does she have to wear a mask? Uh, well, as the wasp, she might. Maybe she's going to like... Uh, I'm seeing here she is set to return. So there you go. 
Uh, yeah, I, I don't think I'm ecstatic about any of those movies that are still to come. Uh, probably less ecstatic now having seen Phase 4 so far. But uh, hey, their next TV show might be great. No, it won't. She's she Hulk. Attorney uh, <laughs> uh, at or whatever it is. Like, yeah, I don't think seems I've like ever, Shrek. <laughs> I, 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 I've heard that they, they've apparently released a new trailer that has fixed. They've, they Sonic the Hedgehogged it. They're like, Okay, we heard you. We know it doesn't look good. We fixed it. I don't know whether it's fixed or not. I'll just probably wait for the show. Um, any other new movies you're planning on seeing? Well, I am 100% on board with Nope in two weeks. I, I probably say outside of Top Gun, that might be the movie this summer that I was most excited about. So uh, I'm going to be is... their opening day for Nope. No, like literally, I, I don't even know if I'll go see Nope. Like it looks okay, but like it's not really the style of movie that I generally go out of my way to see. So like... Literally, I can't think of another movie that I will go and see probably till Black Adam, uh, which is what, yeah. October. Uh, but like, I mean, there might be something that pops up here and there, but like, like the tra- like I, I usually love trailers, but like, I swear, like what in the, however many movies I've seen in the last couple of weeks, all the trailers generally are the same. And there's not one trailer where I'm like, oh, that looks good. Like even the Black Adam trailer, I've now seen so many times as the big screen. I'm like, oh, cool, the Black Adam trailer's on again. Um, so yeah, I I honestly don't know if there's anything before Black Adam that I will go and see. So I might not be going to the movies until like October. I'm, yeah, I'm mildly interested in Bullet Train. Uh, and actually, mm. I saw a trailer for the the Idris Elba movie Beast, which I'm actually quite excited for that now. I think that one could be decent. But uh, yeah. yeah, that's pretty much it. It's it's it's, it's the Brendan Fraser oh, one that he might win an Oscar for that we discovered yes. on our Patreon <laughs> yes. episode. Maybe I need to go on my way to see that. But uh, we're gonna yeah, no, do a month I don't know. dedicated to. Yeah, we'll we'll bring you something, but uh, if nothing else, we'll bring you Breaking Bad and 24, and we will not promise anything about Lost. Uh, But movie months will be coming back. We're probably about a month away now from less than a month, uh, three weeks away or something like that from movie month. About three weeks, August. Yep. Yeah. And we're doing anniversary month. And um, let's just say that I guess the theme of it, we're doing 20th anniversary movies, all movies from 2002. We have covered so many 2002 movies, and yet there were still so many to cover that we said, let's just do all 2002 movies. So uh, take your guess as to what it's going to be. Unless you're on Patreon, and then you know what we're doing. So sign up to Patreon, and then you would know what we're doing. (laughs) We're about to record it right now, the first one. So you know what it is, but no. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, If if you're willing to pay, then you'll know. Uh, Or you could just guess, because you probably just talked about these movies a million times before. Uh, Yeah, so stay tuned for that. And... That's it. That's all I have to say on this movie ever again, hopefully. Uh, my name is Colin, and Ben, don't flick me. Wow. Um, that's what you say to Jamie. Uh, my name is Ben, and Jane Foster shit. Thanks for downloading this episode of the Oz Network. Make sure you never miss an episode by subscribing to the podcast by Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, or by copying our RSS feed into your preferred podcast provider. And while you're there, please drop us a rating and leave us some feedback. You can also be sure to stay up to date with all the latest episodes and happenings from the show, as well as finding out how you can get involved in upcoming episodes by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, as well as getting everything you need under one roof at the Oz network.net thanks again for listening and we'll speak to you next time
Do you like exclusive stuff? Yes, sir. Do you like having access to your favourite podcast hosts in a way like never before? Yeah, absolutely. Do you wish you had access to our old Survivor Oz episodes that you can't find anywhere else online? Oh, yeah. If you answered yes to one, two or all of those questions, then get excited because the Oz Network is now on Patreon. That's right, your favourite podcast has jumped on the Patreon bandwagon to enable a better listening experience for you, our listener. For more details, simply head to www.patreon.com forward slash oznetwork where you can sign up for as little as $3 a month. It'll be the best decision you make since that last bad one you made.